Hello, hello, hello. This is Truth Be Told. This is Dr. Walter Aka. Uh, as you can see, I don't have my co-host, Dr. Dumper, with me. But, I know, right? I know. But, <laughs> you know, a uh, good friend of mine, the guy that was on the podcast last week, Dr. Uh, Horton, decided, hey, you know what? Let me just jump on with you and, and just kind of help you out, you know, because he figured, hey, you know, I, he doesn't want me to, like, flounder and, and sink and, and destroy this whole podcast, you know what I mean? So he's, he was gracious enough to basically jump on. Uh, we have an incredible guest, Dr. Tamara Morris. She's been on two episodes, I want to say, right? Have you been on mm-hmm. two or three episodes? I think so. I think two. She's a vet. She's a vet, basically, when it comes yes. to this podcast. But she's gone through some transitions uh, in the past, what, two years, we'll say? Yes. That, yes. I mean, her and I, we've been talking for a while, but I was just like, hey, can you come on the podcast and, and just kind of give our listeners basically what's been happening, your history and everything that's been going on? Because to me, listening to her, this is very, not only inspirational, this is more of a, you know, do not quit attitude. And, and as dentists, we're very linear, meaning that we decide one direction, we stick to it. She decided to pivot a few times. And we're not, we're very type A individuals as dentists. So we're not good at pivoting, you know? <laughs> so, so some people go, okay, I give up. She says, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to just pivot and, and change and make, you know, move directions so that I can get to the final goal, which for her, she will explain to you, uh, it, it's a big, it's a big dream. It's a big goal, you know? Uh, so Dr. Morris, thank you so much for taking the time. I know with all the kids and everything, trust me, I know, yes. you know, nap time is, 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 is you know, it's is, is law here, you yes, know, but yes. thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. So I guess we should just start off by saying, give us your history, basically, from dental okay. school forward, right? right? And then basically tell us exactly what happened along the way. And then we'll ask questions as, as we get through. Okay, um, so... <clears throat> I went to University of Michigan, Ann Arbor, go blue. We beat Ohio State, if you didn't know. Um, the, Ohio went- <laughs> the Ohio the State. The Ohio That's State. Right. That's right. <laughs> okay. But um, <laughs> so finished there, and I took a year um, right after graduation, and I did a few things. I worked as a dental assistant for, I call him my grandfather mentor, Harvey Colbert. And I worked alongside uh, Dr. Ronald Evans, who's still my mentor to this day, and helped me get into dental school. So I worked alongside them. And just from the beginning, like Dr. Colbert just had this chair side, like mannerisms, like he would do push-ups for his patients. He was jovial, like all the ladies used to like get lipsticked up for him. Like it was just like so interactive and he was having so much fun. It just showed like a very fun side of dentistry, being a practice owner. And um, I went to dental school, University of Detroit Mercy School of Dentistry. And I came out in 06. And when I came out, I just wanted to pretty much go to work. I uh, had the National Health Service uh, Scholarship. And so I wanted to make sure that I was able to give back um, to individuals that were, I was in the same position. So we had Medicaid. That's how I met the first dentist that I went to who inspired me to be a dentist in the first place. So I wanted to give back. So I did that for five years, but it's very constricting at the same time because your patients really can't afford crowns. So I didn't do a lot of crowns. Um, I did some, um, definitely couldn't afford bridges. Um, They could afford perio, like, you know, preventative care, uh, deep cleanings. Um, And there was a lot of oral surgery. 
And so I was just naturally drawn with that, even working with Dr. Colbert. Um, so now that I think about it, he didn't refer out very much either, but I digress. <laughs> so went ahead, finished dental school, moved to Chicago, did the five years there. And um, I came to a point where I knew that I wanted to do something else. It was time. I enjoyed my patient. I enjoyed my time at the community health center, Southside, Chicago. It was great, you know, but I knew I wanted to expand. And so I kind of always like my personality is kind of like the girl in uh, coming to America, you know, when they go to the dance club and she's like, and I want to be a rap singer and then, you know, be in my rap videos and then produce my own videos and then be an actress. And like, that's like me, like in dentistry. Okay. So I was like, oh, I want to do Lumineers and I want to do, I want to do um, Invisalign and I want to do dental implants. And at the time, um, she's actually a prosthodontist I was talking to and she said, you need to pick one, specialize. And so kind of back then, like 2006, like that whole era of dentists that came out probably around 2001, that was what it was about at Michigan. So it was like, everybody was specializing. And then I got that guidance when I knew I wanted to do a little bit of everything. So I picked uh, perio because I already, I was exposed to perio. I love surgery. Um, so I was already naturally inclined for that. And then I have a thing. It's like, if I'm going to do implants, I'm going to be a periodontist. Like, I just can't just go somewhere and just learn how to do it because I know there's going to be a whole bunch of gaps in between. So I'd like have to be a specialist at it or something. It's, it's this thing. It's a very expensive thing. Anyway, I digress. So I go to a CE course at Detroit Mercy. I meet the clinical director. I express my passion for what I want to do, that I want to come back, that I'm totally like motivated to move back and go back to residency. And he pretty much like set me up for my interview the following week and I got accepted. And so that's how that worked out. Quit my job. I did my perio specialty um, at Detroit Mercy. And so by that time, it was 2011. And so I finished residency in 14. And my favorite classes were the ones that we were in combination with the AEGD program, because those were the cases that we got to see, like, the full scope. And we would sit down and we would have case presentations, case defense with the AEGD uh, residents as well. And so I was constantly being exposed to the restorative side of things, which actually made me really excited as well. So I sit down with one of my girlfriends, she's an orthodontist. She has two amazing practices in Michigan. And she's like, you need to start your own practice. I said, ah. <laughs> so no, because at the time I was pregnant with my, with my daughter. You're about to have a baby. You need to get down to Houston, start your practice, work on the side. That way you will have a home, a dental home, and you'll work in other places until you can afford to. It was a great plan, right? And I was like, okay, cool, I'll do that. And so I did some demographic search in Houston, getting closer to the time where it's time to graduate. And I had to choose between, the choices were between Cyprus and Missouri City. My brother lived in Cyprus and I kind of like went on a globe and said Queens. And so I built my practice in Cyprus. Um, I found uh, a location. At that time, I didn't know any general dentist down here. Um, I had came down for like a new dentist workshop, I think, or a few things. 
I had met with a few periodontists uh, for job interviews. One interview, it was like, so what, I flew all the way from Detroit. And so we get into the interview and like five minutes in, she's like, okay, so what are your plans? And I was like, well, I'm building a practice in Cyprus. And at the time, the practice, her practice is in like the third ward, which is like 25 to 30 miles away from where my practice was being built. And she says, oh, okay, that's good. Thank you. Nice to meet you. I'm like, so what's, what happened? She was like, oh, you're building your own practice. And so that's not going to fit with what I'm trying to do. But I was like, but you're looking for someone part-time and I'm going to be inside. Nope. So I already knew like coming in, like, oh goodness, I either need to build it myself. Um, I hadn't really been exposed to the corporations and all that. So what happened after that? Uh, uh, I ended up getting a job with Affordable Dentures and I started building my practice. So I got the uh, funding for that. I brought on a consulting firm um, and, you know, because I didn't know what to do. I didn't have any connections. I didn't know anybody down here. And so the, the consulting firm was supposed to be doing the marketing, um, we're supposed to come in, uh, set up systems. Um, in the practice, um, help with the construction process to make sure that everything was being done timely so we can stay on time for opening. I mean, it sounded great. It cost $45,000 taken out of my $500,000 business loan. Um, and the practice basically kind of ran out of money. So the practice was complete, I guess. Um, I didn't have a front sign. Um, I had to take out an additional loan because I didn't have x-ray um, equipment. And these are all the things that I thought my so-called consultants are supposed to be helping with, right? Um, so it just started off really rough, like financially, right? Because this was $45,000 that instead of could have went towards marketing um, and then the construction cost, I was very, very concerned about the aesthetics of the office. Like I wanted people to see and feel and you know be great, but I really didn't think about how to get people into the office. So when it came to like my, you know, the business side, I knew that, you know, I was, I mean, my thing was I'll get down there. I'll meet a few dentists. I really just need five to refer to me and I can do their implants and I'll scan the implants and they'll seat the crowns and everything will be merry and jolly and I'm cool. So I think that they'll think that I'm pretty cool and funny and they'll send me their patients. So <laughs> I get down here and I opened the practice and it has just a very incredibly slow start. Um, by the time I opened, close to that time, I started working uh, with corporate uh, a few days a week. So that was helping financially, but all of that money was going back into the practice because it was like, I was constantly trying to like stay above water. And so the first um, three years or so, I just sat back and I was like, wow, this is really hell. Like I'm not enjoying this. I felt extremely isolated because going into it, I asked my friend to be my partner, but she just thought like we were just kind of too different, you know, and didn't want to mix that partnership with the friendship. And I got it. I completely understood. And so I was on it on my own. And um, I tried to survive as long as I could, but it was just so stressful, you know, like that business side. I didn't have the business acumen to get investors and to create the spreadsheets and show the information. And it was just like a, like a whole, a whole, a whole. In the meantime, I had gotten some more training. Um, I went ahead and got my Invisalign certification like in 2018. 
I went ahead and I got that in 17. In 18, I became um, LONAT, which is like a laser for uh, to treat periodontal disease. I got um, certified to do that. And I financed a cone beam for the office. And so I went from doing like 10 implants a year to doing like four or five a month, which is really good for my little practice. And it was because I had the confidence when I explained treatment to patients, they were, they were receptive. Like they feel your, your confidence. They feel your energy. Um, I had also invested in some sales training or like, you know, kind of consulting, they want to call it, but really a sales training. Um, I invested in that as well, just kind of learning people's personalities and being a mirror of their personality on how I deliver, you know, the information about the treatment that they need and set them up for success. So I just really like um, honed in on those things. But by that time, when I had all my, all my armamentarium, I was just too much in the hole. So slowly but surely, and, you know, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do it, having a periodontal practice, but it was brought to my attention like four days ago, I wasn't. But if I got a patient in that I did not receive from a referring doctor, they needed an implant. They wanted to stay with me to get the final restoration. I would do it to completion. Okay. Um, and I was like, dang, I like that part. I worked alongside a prosthodontist. She came into the office and we did a lot of cases together. Um, we did some all on four cases. We did some implant retained dentures together. We did some cosmetic cases together and they were pretty successful. And I just really was intrigued by that part. And then I also noticed like, that's the part where you had more social proof when it came to obtaining, you know, direct clients, right? So when they see everything above the gum line and that's looking beautiful, that's what people can relate to, you know? And I just, everywhere I would go, I'm a periodontist. What's that? Okay, I start again. Okay, a periodontist is a, you know, just like, all right. So what happened after that? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. I started liking that part more and more. I started getting more intrigued. You know, I have like a mastermind group with two other, three other, excuse me, six very successful um, general dentists who have booming practices or multiple practices. And when I say general dentists, these ladies aren't general dentists. To me, they are much more. And so maybe in 2001 or 1999, a general dentist, you know, maybe stuck to the path of just doing restorative. But now... I'm seeing general dentists, quote, doing amazing, beautiful, full reconstruction cases, going and getting trained at Kois and Panky and uh, Spear and really investing in full treatment planning when it comes to patients. And so it's not just, oh, I'm just a GP. I'm like, no. And I tell a lot of general practitioners that when they say that, I was like, you are really a full service cosmetic restorative dentist. And if you place implants and enough of them, I don't give them that plight, but you know, you are a full restorative doctor, you know, you're not just a GP, you know, so I'm seeing general practitioners doing rib splits and sinus lifts. And I mean, the stuff doesn't look half bad, you know, I'm like, hmm, I can't even, you know, I can't even, you know, because they took the time, they went and took the PICOS course and they spent that money or they went over to Europe and learn directly from where the whole concept even began and they're doing these things in their practice and they're very successful and they're not referring to me okay right 
And I just think that um, after that time of spending time with those ladies, going to conferences outside of perio conferences, meeting other doctors, um, it just broadened my horizon. So, because I live in the great state of Texas, on my license it says dentist. It doesn't say general dentist, periodontist, doesn't say anything, it says dentist. And so I decided to pivot and dedicate my hands to, you know, doing all restorative and not giving myself limitations. And um, my overall, my why behind me even becoming a periodontist and going into public health and doing all those things in my path is that I wanted to touch as many mouths and people as possible. And so what I was recognizing about my field was I was just getting a little, you know, trickle of the mass of patients and the mass of doctors that I could really have contact with, contact with to teach and get people healthy, you know? And so if I'm that main entryway to that funnel of care and I can see as many people as possible, yes, I'm gonna have a percentage of people that don't need SRPs, but I'm also gonna catch people in those earlier phases of some disease and save them from having to get all the way to the point. Okay, and so then you, also. No, I'm sorry. So you said you said you pivot. I want to kind of let you finish your uh, your story so that we can start asking questions. But you said you pivot. Mm -hmm. What did that? What does that look like? What was that? Pivot? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry because I'll go off on a tangent. <laughs> okay, so I closed my practice. So when the whole uh, COVID shutdown happened, oh man, I was so happy and relieved. I'm like, sheesh, this is great. <laughs> okay. Woo! I get a break. <laughs> I get a break. Okay. And it gave me a time to like sit outside of my backyard and just think. Think about what makes me overall fulfilled. Am I being fulfilled? Am I am I really being fulfilled by being put in this? Like I felt like I was in a box or cornered in, you know. Um so like I a perio box. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Am I am I you know, nobody, nobody puts baby in a corner. Like I want to be out. I want to see as many people, touch as many people, do everything I can. And is this practice really doing this for me? And by then the financial debt and the creditors and all this other stuff, it just got too overwhelming. Like lights were getting cut off in the middle of treatment. What? Did I pay the bill? Oh my God. No, I didn't pay the bill. Let me try to pay the bill. They're not on a, they're not on an automatic little dial. So somebody has to come up and it was just becoming too much and doors getting locked because I had to pay my employees and never able to pay myself. And how am I supposed to buy my dream house one day? You know, so it's just like I was losing sight of all my other goals and aspirations outside of dentistry. We're trying to keep this thing afloat, trying to get trying, you know, trying to keep it going. And it's not even fulfilling to me. I'm feeling like I'm on an island, you know, and I love my staff. Some of them are still with me. I can call. I needed help the other day. I called my previous office manager like, can you come help me for two hours, do this implant? Because the assistant um, did a no-show. She got dressed, got her baby dressed and came up there and helped me out. Like these are people that were just like lifelong dedicated, you know? But yeah, I had to close the doors. And so I was kind of like a little dental nomad uh, since then. Um, and I worked, I was like, working out of one periodontist office and that was hell. And then I went and I worked out of a 
said, screw this, we're going to office space. And then I started using those same contacts I had through the Houston Minority Dental Society to start going into offices and seeing their perio patients and seeing if that's what I wanted to do, if I just wanted to take this show on the road in between this transition. What am I trying to do? And I hated it. I still don't like that. So I only, you know, I see very VIP clients just for that. But because it's just a whole other level of like drama and stuff. And I just don't like it. So I said, all right, I'm going to get a job. So I got a job uh, at a general office. Uh, it was a multi-practice, multi-location office. And I had my own little office. And that was the time that I can really like see if I could pull this whole me being a general practitioner off. Because that means I can't refer out all my root canals. I got to do some. How long, um, how long ago was this? This was February of It's had to be 21. recent because all this is mm-hmm. past uh, the, the mm-hmm. initial shutdowns of COVID, right? Right. So I closed out my office in May of uh, 2020. That was kind of like a mobile little vagabond, you know, wherever I can put my little stuff and my little people. And then February of like January of 2021 is when I signed on with the former office and my first as a, as a GP. And so I was introduced to wave one gold. I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. I can do this. So <laughs> I, was like, I can do some root canal. And I took some continuing education courses online and um, that were like, you know, big series courses and real, you know, had study groups and different things like that all dedicated to endo and learn my rationale behind what I was trying to do with it. Still, I don't, I don't do molar endo yet. I, I'll get there eventually after I take a few hands-on courses. But anyway, I pushed myself more. I stepped outside my comfort zone. And now I feel like, all right, I'm truly fulfilled with what I'm doing, the decision I made. So that was a horrible working experience, so culturally. So it wasn't the right office culture for me and my personality type. And um, the day I'm giving my letter of resignation, they're giving me a letter of, of termination as well. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. And so, so, so basically, you, so you ba- then you're basically now at this point where um, you're working as a GP with, mm-hmm. uh, is it another private practice office or corporation or what are you doing now? So I'm in the Heartland family now. So I've been okay. with Heartland since February 1st of okay. this year. As okay. an associate, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. as a partner dentist. Um, the office that I'm currently in is right. Rosen- for, for, for clarification, um, mm-hmm. what exactly is a partner dentist? Is that an, an associate? That's just it, what, yeah, it's associate. Because okay. the, the term, the term implies team. ownership. Um, and I because so, we have- uh, some docs that are watching this trying to, you know, figure out what's what. And I know some of the proprietary terminology that companies use. Um, right. So they don't use associate. Confusing. Right. Okay. So they don't use associate because typically associate has a lead dentist in the office, either okay. owner dentist or a lead. Okay? okay. So at Heartland, they typically are multi-doctor offices, but there's no doctor that is a lead over another doctor. So that makes us partners. And so it isn't that associate and owner doctor, that associate and lead doctor um, type of relationship. 
Can you get partnership and like, let's just say, can you buy a stake in that office? Um, Yes, you can purchase stock um, in the office and that's how you get your return on um, hygiene collections and production. Okay. Okay. But like, Mm -hmm. like, let's just say that they sold that office. Would you get a percentage of that office? Like, you know, profit or whatever? Like, let's just say you sold it for a million dollars. Okay. So the partnership just allows you to collect uh, some of what other people are doing. Yeah. Right. So, so, so you're buying a did, profit not, sharing. Yes, profit sharing. Yeah. yeah. Um, right, right. Profit right. sharing off of the whole practice. Right. Pretty much. Okay. So, so you said a lot. I'll be honest. I know. You said I'm sorry. A lot, right? <laughs> no, no. You told me, though, right? from. No, no. It's, you told it's me because, I started in 1997, <laughs> high school, graduated. You know, but, but it's great mm-hmm. because, you know, you, we can kind of see your, your, your basically your travels through dentistry, yeah. right? As a, as a new grad, as, a, as working in, um, with, with what they call nonprofits, and then also now you're going to perio. But I, got, I want to pause on the perio part because okay. you made it seem like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you made it seem like somebody said, hey, you should pick a route. And you said, fine, I'm going to pick perio. Not I love perio, not I'm going to go into perio because I really want to do perio, but I have to make a decision. Right. right. Like, that's how it kind of yeah. came across. Right. And I knew I had to make a decision. I knew that I could I could have went at that time. Uh, at Loma Linda, I think Nobel was doing courses and things like that. And I just knew that there was going to be a lot of gaps in there. So why why couldn't and you so just basically why. take courses? You know what I mean? Like you could be you could have still been a dental uh, a general dentist and taken implant courses, taken perio courses to see if it's truly what you wanted to do. But you just went into the residency. Yeah. Because, That's a you very finite, you know what I mean? It is. It is, but yeah. it isn't at the same time. Because within the perio field, you know, we learn so much, right? We learn so much about the anatomy and the surgical aspect. So when I'm done with my residency, would I be comfortable with third molars? Sure. You know, ones that I wanted to handle. Would I be comfortable with implant placement? Yes. Um, and so I think that it had, and of course, all the surgeries that are under the perio umbrella. And so I thought, you know, I would have some good stuff in my armamentarium. But yes, I didn't, I didn't like think out the whole thing to see how polarizing it is, you know, just being a specialist and specializing. I just know I wanted a certain level of education before I put an implant into somebody's skull and feel proud about it. If, if I can you. ask, because that's, um, I picked up on something. So um, you mentioned going back to residencies so you can get more comprehensive training, right? So there wouldn't be mm-hmm. as many gaps. And I fully understand if you've watched any mm-hmm. of my uh, episodes with, uh, with Walter and Kyle. But then you also applaud the super GPs, mm-hmm. right? So now kind of having been in the game and seeing that, you know, as you said, you can be a, a pretty comprehensive, very skilled, well-rounded GP without the residency. Do you ever, do you actually uh, regret going back to residency? Do you wish you had different guidance at that time? Mm-hmm. How do you reflect back knowing what you know now and, and what yeah. you've seen now? Yeah, so I applaud both, right? I think like 
I have to because I don't want to sit back and just be disgruntled and kind of be a hater like, rah, 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 look at that guy. He's that's okay. We do that. We do that. Yeah, that's a free country. You can hate. <laughs> <laughs> no, hate, 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 hate. Like, right? This is our podcast. Like we want to be honest. We want to be honest. Yes. I don't understand my day like that. You know, right. like, I don't want to No, like, but I mean, he, he asked a great question, right? He you know? said, do you, do you regret mm-hmm. going back? Not, you know, let's not talk about anybody. Do you uh, regret going back? I, okay. I regret acquiring that much debt um, for Perio. If I would have been in a different type of maybe like a public university or something like that, I don't mind spending three years getting in-depth education about something that I'm passionate about, Um, the path and the route that I took. So, you know, in an ideal world, I think I would have did like an AEGD program. I probably would have did that for two years. And I still feel like if I would have been in an environment like Detroit Mercy with their AGD program, who also is hand in hand with Perio, I feel like I would have been, I would have been good there too. So um, I was very dependent on guidance because, you know, I'm a first generation grad, like first college grad in my family. My family's there to support me, but it was just trying to find that right guidance, I guess. Then I've had mentors and, and then I also get set on my, what I'm going to do and I want to do it. So I do it. (laughs) And and then the next thing too, that I want to ask, which involves a lot of money is you Mm -hmm. open the practice Mm -hmm. without knowing the dynamics (laughs) or the environment that you were going to open up a practice in. Right. The one thing is doing like your due diligence to look at the demographics Right, yeah, you look at them. It, so that doesn't that. really mean any. That doesn't mean anything if the people don't know it you did. around it. Right? I okay. It did. I thought so. Do that. you do you regret that part? Do you regret opening so early? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think five years is good. I think working, um, whether you're going to work for, you know, a Pacific Dental or a Heartland-based office or a Love It or Cast, whatever, you, whichever one you decide, or a private a private doctor. Um, working about five years to establish the trends, establish your true demographics where people, you know, there can be a lot of people in an area with money, but are they going to mesh with you, you know? And so there's some parts of the city where, I mean, fee for service, patients pay up 100% before they get their treatment and everything like that. But I walk my little brown self in there and they like, who is this little... And we're not, you know, I just feel I may not be able to convert those cases, you know, because I'm in a practice with four Caucasian men that are in there ranging from 30s to early 60s. And so just learning about that part, you know, um, having some time, a good five years, I think. And in that five years, saving up about $250,000. Um, for living expenses for your first two years of practice. I think having hard, having hard money savings or savings um, that's liquid um, or, or in an investment, you know, you own property, you sell it when it's time for you to get things going with your practice. However you get it, um, have it in tow because that's another thing, reason why my office wasn't able to propel is because that was also having to be my expenses and my living expenses, everything like that. So if I can summarize that um, for any listeners, the main point of that is take your time, 
mm-hmm. uh, perfect your craft or improve your mm-hmm. craft because you know you're Definitely. a fledgling graduate, right? Um, get exposed to different business models, right? As an associate, as a as a as an employee dentist, you're getting paid to also learn, you know, whether it's the marketing, patient conversion, billing, pricing, demographics, and all that. So there's no need to absolutely jump from because I think they've almost like they've sold the American dream is you got to own a house and have 2.5 kids and a white picket yeah. fence mm-hmm. in dentistry. Yeah. The, the dream is always, well, you, if, you know, to be a dentist worth your salt, you have to own at least one, maybe to. two, maybe more. Right. Yeah. Fine. And, and yeah. so for a lot of us first geners, um, there is that kind of proclivity to maybe jump in head first without having either, you know, my dad and my mom or my mom was a dentist and they know the game, they know all the distributors, they know the contractors. Um, so, so your advice is take your time, learn the game before yes. you invest hundreds right. of thousands more. Yes. Okay. And I feel even okay. before you decide to specialize, you should go out. I did my five years out when working in, you know, community health, but if you're thinking about specializing, you should too work, you know, to me, I think as much hands-on life exposure before making huge investments, 300, $500,000 investments, um, and seeing it through your own eyes, because people can only tell you from their perspective, but you never know how it's going to be for you. Okay. And, uh, so, okay. But yes, that was a great summarization. Yeah. Uh, another question, <laughs> right? It's whenever you had your practice, you said you immediately bought a uh, CBCT and a laser. Sorry. I did not immediately buy that. Okay. How long? Thank how long did you? <laughs> no, how long did you practice waited. before you bought it? And for anyone listening, Lanap is not a cheap laser. Okay. No, that's so why I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get this. <laughs> when you said Lanap, <laughs> my, my, my jaw dropped just a little bit. I was like, ooh, that's a big jump. <laughs> right. The, the Lanap is not cheap, nor is the CBCT. So that's right. why I'm asking these questions. You know, like, so, right. Uh, no one, no. So, so for me, I'm going to say this. <laughs> no, so let me put it this way, right? No one, mm-hmm. I don't think the purchase itself was a bad idea, right? I don't think having the CBCT is a bad situation. I'm just looking at how can somebody learn from you and mm-hmm. when to purchase these things, right? Because okay. you said, I remember you were talking about, Honestly, oh, well, you know, we weren't as pr- profitable. And you're not right? going to like my advice for it, but if I had to do it no. all over again. <laughs> yeah. If I had to do it all over again and I knew, well, and. Like you ran the out lasers, of money. The laser's different. The laser's different. Right. Okay. But let me tell you why I ran out of money. I ran right. out of money because I built a practice from the ground up. Right. Quite a few of the dentists that I met when I moved down here bought or rented an office that was already a dental office. Okay. They did some small cosmetic things to it, maybe change some paint, maybe put a wall up here or there. But for the most part, it was already plumbed. Electrical was already there. They already had right. a sterilization area and basically just updated and rehabbed it. And that changed your investment drastically, okay? And then if I would have did that, also I would have probably bought a practice, right? So um, if I could, I would have bought a practice. And guess what? I would have got the cone beam. And as a periodontist, I would have got the laser immediately. Okay. So, immediately. so I guess- Because I, I guess my on investment yeah. immediately when I got my laser. I already had cases sold even right. before the laser was delivered. 
Okay, so so can you tell us? Oh well, I got two questions. First one would be, you you said you had five hundred k for your mm-hmm. build, right? How do you come up? How do you come up with that number? That was the max right? that Wells oh, okay. Fargo gives. Yeah. Oh, I see. So it wasn't like, hey, I calculated how much I'm going to need and everything that's going to be included mm-hmm. in there. Ooh, what? TT make a plan? You're right. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> I need to know how much okay. I can use for working capital. Right. That was important. Okay. Um, how much was needed to be dedicated to construction? Um, where things had to be allocated. Then once I figured that out, I'm like, ooh, well, I want glass here. I want flooring here. I want this sage here. I had a whole mood board. You know? Okay. The reason why I'm asking that is that 500K, I would have thought we could have included the cost for the laser and the CBCT, then you wouldn't have run out of money. And I'm just trying Absolutely. to get, you know, the whole running out Absolutely. of money aspect and how someone Absolutely. could have, you know, prevent that part. You Absolutely. I mean? And that's why yeah. I said I would have did it from the beginning. But in order to afford it, that means that I wouldn't have been able to have glass, have this, have that, have textured wall, vinyl wall coverings, all the other little cosmetic things when it came to my practice. So, so, so you wanted a Ferrari out the gate. You, you, you didn't want to start with a with a Toyota Camry. You then, wanted a right? Ferrari out the gate. Right, right, right. right <laughs> no start right. at home over here, boo. Okay, right, going right. straight to luxury. Right, but but we do have to talk pragmatically about that, right? Because we saw mm-hmm. what the outcome was, right? So mm-hmm. when, when you're giving advice, because one there's a couple yeah. things in that that story arc that I, I would love to hear um, what your feelings are now reflecting on. Them. Yes, you said you had consultants. Yes. Now, and one of my good buddies uh, that uh, Walter knows just opened up an office down in Texas, had a consulting That's firm. So mm-hmm. I would love to know how you linked up or got pushed towards uh, consultants. And mm-hmm. given that you had mentors, because one of the biggest things that I found is that a lot of the stuff that my, uh, my buddy that opened up his practice, that it, the consultants were advising him on, me or my business partner, because we had already done it could have easily just given him the advice for free right and so mm-hmm. the importance of mentors in whatever you know like if you're going into peril having a perio mentor but if you're going into entrepreneurship surrounding yourself by mentors that love and care about you enough to give you advice free of charge because they just way. want to see yeah. you do good so can you tell us about that arc with the consultants and mm-hmm. maybe lack of mentors guiding you through that build out and financial process yeah, and I had asked one of my, you know, friends and colleagues, and they already had a practice for many years about the consultant. And they were like, yeah, go for it, you know. Um, and so I went for it. So it's like my personality type. One thing that isn't the best about it is I don't ask too many, a lot of questions. Like, I don't challenge. So, like, that's why I wanted a partner from the beginning you know, because my friend is like that. She asks question after question and she challenges, she challenges and she is very, very detail oriented, you know? And so she like goes through everything and all the fun. And I'm like, la, 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 where's it at? I'm ready to have some fun. And, you know, like, let's get to it. You know, when, when I wish I would have had somebody that was like that, or I had that in my personality. So that was the one thing. And then, yeah, I mean, at that time, I guess I was just looking for like this consulting guy to like come down and like bless my practice and tell me what to do and do everything like that. Where no, it wasn't like that, you know? Uh, um, do they offer any guarantees of, 
I mean, obviously they can't guarantee that you'll be successful, but I'm assuming if if they're rolling in your financial aid package to include that their their fee, I would hope that there's some guarantee like, hey, if we don't get you to X amount of profitability by year one right. or year two, like, you know, it's it free. It was convoluted. You know? It was convoluted. It was in there. Yeah. It was convoluted and it was lacking and it was just a really crappy experience but i shouldn't have signed up for it in the first place i should have went out and got you know i should have went out there and put my feet to the ground and learned my market learned about where i am and what is you know so you you spent 45k how long was that 45k good for was it a year worth of um consultants one year one year yeah okay and so their marketing plan was getting me because they're like, yeah, we got a big marketing plan. And so it's opening day. I'm like, okay, what's the marketing plan? They're like, oh, we're working on that now. We're getting you signed up with all the insurances. That's, I mean, not, marketing. that's not marketing. That's not marketing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that's why you signed up with insurances because that's an insurance. I'm like, no. I'm like, okay, so it's June. What's our June plan? Open in March. I was like, what's our June plan? Well, um, I don't know. Maybe you can make up a, a care package for the dentist that are dog days of summer. Dog days of summer. Well, summer usually we would, usually like we would do months. mailers, but you can't <laughs> afford mailers. Mm. Well, maybe we should have uh, put that in the budget from the beginning. I never got a budget. Like, this is allocated to this. That's really what I thought I was going to get. Like, someone that was going to do that side when it came to proper operational support. Right. And so that's where it's lacking for me. Interesting. Did so what consult- did they, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry because I'm very confused now. What did they say they were going to give you for the 45000 that you spent? I said that already. I said, okay. No, no, no. They're, I'm talking about like, <laughs> go ahead. I'm just very confused. So the, the, the construction process. Yeah. Okay. While I'm in, while I'm still in Detroit, gathering my family, making this transition, making sure the lease is signed, um, marketing, uh, develop systems so systems can be hey having everybody you know how do we answer the phones you know how does the how does the process go from answering the phone to getting the patient in the chair how to how to uh, do an insurance breakdown those were the systems okay so did they do that um once a month uh one of the consultants would come and sit with uh my front office and train her one-on-one uh, for everything. Yeah. Okay. I, I got a question just cause I, I, I've been in this game a little bit and I see where the traps can often be. Mm-hmm. So a consultant firm that's overseeing your build out and your equipment mm-hmm. ordering and all that. And that's how I met them. You asked me how I met them, right? Right. Yeah, right. That's how I met them. So yeah. did you happen to catch any patterns of who they were bringing to the table? For instance, there's a lot of local contractors that can do a lot of, you know, uh, whether independent distributors of whether it's cone beam or dental chairs, right? Mm-hmm. Or you can go straight to Henry Shine, straight mm-hmm. to Patterson, and you're paying, you know, 25, 30% more, but they are getting, you know, they have a financial, uh, I guess, kickback by bringing customers to the big companies. Did you see that they brought you to these? maybe, you know, higher, 
you know, end higher price tag companies in the build out process. And that led to kind of using up was, that budget. Well, it was the other way around a little bit. And yeah, that part did happen as well. So number one, my contractor introduced me to the, the consulting firm. Okay. And I think that they were kind of in cahoots. It kicked <laughs> each other back. And then um, when I had the consultant, then that's when I started doing all the buying. So I never even, he was like, yeah, we're going to go with Henry Shine and da, 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 da. And like, I'm like, okay, I'm on board, you know, let's go. So it wasn't a lot of, again, challenges. I didn't challenge them. Um, we just went, so we didn't price out supplying for, with Darby. We didn't um, check out equipment costs with Benco or even refurbished items too. Right. You know, well, and, and you wouldn't know that you had to because presumably everything was brand new. Right. Presumably your consulting firm is your advocate. That's what you would yeah. think. Right? right. So you're what, trying to maximize my dollar, you know, compared to what my vision is. But there, you know, we, we learned the hard way, you know, and I've definitely often, often we've learned the hard way. Right. Um, there, there's no friends in this game, especially when it comes to business. Not um, at all. No yeah. advocates. And I, that's what I paid that 45K for. I was like, it's a no brainer because they're going to be on the ground. They're going to make sure that I'm safe. They're going to make sure that I have everything that I need. And so when I go in there and I'm like, I want Delta Crane chairs and the ones that massage. Saying, okay, hold on, wait. Have you looked at the have you looked at the DCI chairs? You know, they're just as nice. They come with good warranties. Um, a lot of my doctors use them. They're still stylish, and it'll save you about four thousand dollars a chair. I'll pout, like, oh, I guess. Let me go see it. Four thousand, yes, tomorrow, because we can use that, we can use that four thousand to get your mailers out, because we need to do that now. And that same four thousand dollars. They were saving on chair room too. We can get you a sign. I didn't have a sign outside, y'all. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a sign out. I never had so, a sign. So they just agree with whatever you wanted. Yes. They're, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and you wanted some good stuff. <laughs> you said <laughs> the you, 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 you could have hired me for 45 because <laughs> you know all the time. I would have been like, nope, not doing that. <laughs> and I would have been like, okay, damn, all right. Jeez, I guess. That, but that, but that's, that's a great point because one yeah. of the things that I have found that's been very troubling, especially in, in the Black community, because a lot of us are first geners coming into this game, yeah. is we often lack the know-how, right. the connections, what to ask, how mm-hmm. to bargain, what our uh, resources are when it comes to ordering supplies and all that. And can you talk a little bit about what your feelings are as far as what we need to develop as a community of black providers so that we can save some of these, you know, up and coming uh, graduates from, you know, hitting the same walls that we all hit. They're going to have to be as transparent as possible and honest and, um, take the ego out of it, right? So we already have a huge, small percentage of Black dentists. So we already made it this far, right? So we're already the creme de la creme. Um, And I just think over that, like there's this big callus that grows where we need to protect it and hoard it. And they not gonna know where I got this fresh, fresh from because, and it's, 
it's we need to stop being in competition with one another and start. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying everybody because I met some very extremely giving black doctors um, being a part of the Houston Minority Dental Society, but we had to drop that wall, right? And so, mm-hmm. and let everybody know, let's drop our wall, let's be transparent. And there's other organizations that kind of sprouted from there that are doing amazingly well because the ladies are coming together and they're dropping that wall and they're just being honest and they're like venting and having a place where they can call on other, other sisters that are going to do the same thing as them and just being open and honest. So I think that's where it starts, like having the, you know, the groups and the message forums for people to be honest and, you know, just gaining that trust, you know. So the five dysfunctions of a team, what's that first one? It's trust. And that trust isn't, oh, I trust you with my $5 that you're going to give it back. That trust is based on openness and letting that person, that team member into your life as a person, not as a front office assistant, you know? And so that needs to happen with our colleagues too. Because I, I I have a quick story. I have a quick story though. Okay. So my one friend, and just about the whole transparency thing. There's one friend, um, there's someone that we know that does amazing composite veneers. I mean, they are stunning. And my friend reached out to them and said, um, what course did you take? And they responded that they, they were self-taught. And clearly they could be, definitely. But I found out the course that they took because he's on the video of the man marketing the course. <laughs> I took a screenshot. Send it to her. What's going on here? You know, like, come on, let's let's share. We're already a small percentage. We're not going to be a threat to each other. Let's just share. And even if we are like, who cares? Let's just all get it. So, well, let me ask you this um what you said actually really kind of resonated a lot in here um you had you said you had mentors mm-hmm. was there any time you actually went back to your mentor and said hey you know i have this 500k and it's really dwindling fast can you look at what we're buying and tell me if i need this stuff or what can i do to cut cost here right use your mentors in a way Right. Or was it you just basically leaning on the uh, consultant people and then that was it? Like, did you have a checks and balance with for somebody for the consultant group? You know what I mean? Or is it just my my inability to trust people? Because I would have had somebody checking the consultant who knew who's built a practice, who knew all this stuff. You know what I mean? Right. So that I can make sure that they're doing the best that they can for me because I hired them. Right. Will you but be I my could... business partner? I needed that. <laughs> I, I would have said no. You. I, I would have said no when it came to the massage chairs. You know. <laughs> That's all I needed. What's okay, but do, you, but do you see w- what I'm saying? Though? Would you would you have listened? Because at the same oh, time, you, you have to have the mentors. And one thing that I've learned having associate doctors over the years is you can you can guide them as much as you want. Not everyone is receptive because we are yeah. Type A's. So we think we see the end goal. We think we know a better way of how to get there. And we're not always receptive to being told, no, slow down, hold up, do it this way. So. So, yeah, the main question was, Walters, you know, did you have mentors that you actually um, 
had Bounce more intimately yourself, yeah. involved. And then would you have listened had they said, you know, let's get that Camry, not the Ferrari? I would have. Yeah, I would have. Like, if you would have, you know, I'm coming out of residency, right? So we're used to defending um, everything, right? Why'd you do this? Well, I did this before this, and this is what study shows, and blah, 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 blah. So, and then, and, and then it's backed up with clinical trials and, and research. And so that I would have trusted that for sure. If they said, hey, tomorrow, let's go. Hey, Dr. Morris, let's go visit another practice that I help. And these are their numbers. And this is what this means. And this is the loss. And this was the last year. And this is where they were before we got here. And this is where they are now. This is a PNL statement. This is what this means. Um, so I had an accountant and I met him probably, I would say maybe six months to a year after I opened the practice. It was too late by that time. I had already spent all, a whole lot of money all on the wrong things. And we, we spent a lot of time trying to build it up, get it back, get it back, get it back. And it was just getting too hard. So I think just how I started off uh, was really crappy. But I do think it's people tell me no all the time. Like, tomorrow you no, that, that is not a good idea. Now, if it's really in my gut, like it's and people are sitting in the same seat that I'm sitting in, like they've been in the same, you know, when I asked the ladies in my mastermind about the laser, they're like, yeah, totally get it but buy a diode or a cheaper laser and use that first and then get and to save up for the other one. Uh, I can't really do that because they do two completely different things, you know? Um, but when talking to other periodontists that they were about it, how they told me about the return on investment. I talked to two lady periodontists that had them in their office. We talked about how to bill it out. We talked about a lot of stuff and they were like, no, you need to go get that yesterday. Like, yes. Okay. So I did do a lot of, you know, it's also who it's coming from and, and what was their experience with it themselves. Can we so, uh, talk, can we talk about the closing of your practice? You mm -hmm. know, what, what did that look like? What did you have to do when it came mm -hmm. to any, you know, bank loans or anything like that at all? If you don't mind going over that. Because I think right. people would love to know, kind of know how you transitioned out of that and right. now are in this situation that you seem way happier in. But how did you transition? Yeah. That had to be tough. You're dealing with COVID and, you know, closing a practice. And a closing, I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's intense. And what it means for it to close and me wanting to buy my dream house one day. Like, I've been fascinated with houses since, like, obsessive about them since, like, I graduated from mm -hmm. dental school. Right. And but, so, but how did that, how did that close? How did it all tie in? How did it look? Like, how did it look? How did we, how did you get, you know, everything kind of squared away so that mm -hmm. you can move away from that? Cause you had the bank loan, right? The, the, the yes. 500k. Lots of loans. You had that, right. You had yeah. to basically deal with pay, uh, your, your assistants and your front office, your staff. How did you all deal right. with that? How did you deal with your landlord? How did that all look? So staff was always taken care of. They were kind of taken care of first. Um, I talked to my accountant about what my, what my choices are. You know, one choice was to see if we could get the loan refinanced. Um, and that would break, bring down the payments, which would give more, you know, um, income, you know, that I can use to pay other loans, to pay down loans. 
um, went through that process. But after they looked at the numbers in my practice, they just didn't see that it was going to be feasible. And then also the pandemic hit right when I was in like the tail end of that anyway. Um, so that didn't go through. And then the next one was if I close, I have to check out bankruptcy. And I was like, okay, so I'm thinking like, okay, bankruptcy on the practice, you know, I want to think I'll be able to buy my dream house and all this other stuff. And they're like, no, no, he said, no, because you're the personal guarantor on all those loans. And I go through all my paperwork and I'm like, you know, pure periodontics and tomorrow more. So, oh, man. Mm. <laughs> on my lease. Pure periodontics and tomorrow more. So you were so, personally tied to it. You were personally mm -hmm. tied to your practice. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so you well, have to let's, file. Let's break, yeah, let's break that down. Like, what could, what could you have done differently then? In which part? Or with, with being tied to that, um, that practice on a personal level, right? Because... If you're tied to that practice on a personal level, not separated by a trust or an LLC or S Corp or something, then wouldn't you be responsible for any So the any LLC, issues? S Corp, all that stuff has nothing to do with it. Um, basically, when you are a new dentist or you're starting your first practice, more than likely you're going to be the guarantor on the okay. loan. Okay. Um, after you have built up your business credit and your what they call it, the Duns and Brad Street. Uh, you have like an actual business credit number. Credit score, yeah. Mm -hmm. Then you can go out and get individually financed as a business. But up until that time comes, which you're not going to have as, you know, someone just coming out of residency or dental school, then you're going to tie, you know, your name is tied to it. So, um, and that doesn't matter what, what type of entity that you choose, if LLC, PLLC, S Corp, C Corp, whatever it is. So you, so you, uh, you chose the, the bankruptcy route, right? Mm -hmm. Is that what I'm hearing? And then I guess the process of that, were you able mm -hmm. to liquidate the assets to go towards, you know, any of that debt? Or, you know, did the bank just take over the practice at that point, I assume, and then you know, they own it and they do whatever they want, sell it off. Um, yes. Well, right now I'm in the heart of it. So I'm in like, I filed on the 16th of okay. March. So That's this is all actual, real fresh. So we had, yeah, but we had, we had been talking about, I had already retained my attorney, like back October, 2021, I had retained or 21. It was a 2020, 2020, I think. Yeah. October, 2020, I had them retained. Okay, so I already knew what I was going to do, but it's just the timing. It takes a long time. It takes a long time. I don't know why it takes so long. It just takes a long time. So right. finally, I was ready. And it's it's a timing thing, too, when you do it. Um, I suppose. So I don't have I don't have assets and stocks and all that stuff. Um, I'm a really simple case. And they're like, you don't have no. I don't. I don't own a home. I don't own land. I don't own a boat. You're not a millionaire um, dentist. I'm totally you know? not a millionaire dentist. I did have an Audi and I yeah. did have a Mercedes Benz truck, but uh, the Mercedes Benz truck got into a, <laughs> had a fender bender and it was totaled, and I decided to buy a cash car that now like she squeaks very loud. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. That's how she sounds, and it's fine. We're working through life, and things are going to get better. Um, but 
I just needed a moment. Like, let me buy a cash card just to take a moment to reset and get my, what I want to do, get my family in order. You know, um, I have a fiance, you know, um, that relationship needs nurturing. I have three children and two bonus kids that live with us too. My mom lives with us. My family needs me too. So, you know, I just needed to just take some time and just get everything stable. Yeah. So you're, you're happier now. Oh yeah. I'm happy as, as a lead. Cause, Cause that's one of the things I, I jotted down. Um, Cause I, I really wanted to see what your feelings were on how you would define success and happiness yeah. holistically as a person. Right. Cause we all, there's different facets, right. There's family happiness, professional happiness and so forth. Um, and what they can affect each other. You could be miserable in one and that energy gets transferred totally. to the other. So yeah. what, you know, if you could project yourself out five, 10 years from now, Ooh. paint us a brief, quick picture of what your happiness place would be like, given the context of what you've been um, experiencing. Okay, so which one do you want? Would you, okay, so we'll, we'll stick, with just, we'll just stick to like career. We'll stick to just career. Yeah, because I know you can go back to to 2047 and we're not doing that <laughs> just stick to career so when i was a kid i did beauty pageants right exactly right. so that exactly. kind of shaped me i'm sorry oh. wait <laughs> sorry drop okay um let's see well career-wise uh definitely still be with heartland um okay. i think that so you I, like heartland yeah because we I'm get really so happy. many people mm-hmm. talking negative about corporate dentistry they haven't walked through my shoes, you know. They, I, I have a different outlook on um, that's it. That's it. Your day to day professional fulfillment. Okay, so um, to have layers of staff that are there, the layers of support, people to call on, um, you being judged not based on like how you how much butt you kiss, but being based on your numbers. Like that's what it comes down to. Um, that is what I, I just want. That's what I want, you know, positive environment leadership anyway, but anyway, I'll still be with them. Um, yeah. and good news is, uh, I got a call on Friday that I'll be, they found a spot for me at an office here in Cyprus. And I already have a great connection and, and a relationship with the dentist there. And he sold to them about three and a half years ago. And, um, so he's kind of in limbo and how he's going to transition. If he's going to transition all the way out, how he's going to do it. So hopefully like I found my dental home. It's not hopefully I have because it's back here in Cyprus. I have patients that have been following me all around the world. And now I'm, I feel like I'm home. I live in Cyprus. I'm planning on buying a home in Cyprus in a couple of years. Like, so that's where I'll be professionally um, my day to day. But the company also allows a lot of leadership. So I really do want to be in some type of mentorship program um, and be on some type of leadership committee where I can speak and be on the stage and speak my story where I am. And, you know, the leadership that's been provided and that I can give out, you know, because despite my business acumen, I know how to get a team together. I know how to get some positivity in there. I know how to sell my butt off. Um, when it comes to the dental chair. And so it's just like, 
I feel there's, there's other things. Also, they have like implant consortiums, things like that, that I want to be a part of too when it comes to teaching. So like really just use that to the max and use that income to make more income and do different partnership things with my, with my fiance, future husband. So we want to get deeper into real estate together and um, have other small businesses, whatever we can, you know, acquire um, and have something as a partnership together. Um, and then he works on his career as well. Do you, okay. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I say this with all honesty, um, given your experience of diving into business and dentistry and what you've just explained mm-hmm. to us, do you, can you rate the wisdom in seeking to diversify and jump into a bunch of other different businesses that you may not have any experience in? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not, I'm not trying to be catty no. or nothing, but you know, I think this is where we learn by being, and I appreciate your openness and your vulnerability, yeah. but what I see is a pattern, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. Yeah. the first thing you say is yeah. I want to yeah. take that money and I want to go get this. I want to open this business. Just finish saying that you had yeah. reservations about your business. Hacking. Oh, I just met my next angle. On my <laughs> Sheesh. Now, okay. Are you listen to him? But, That's right. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I'm going to be able to defend the hell out of whatever I'm trying to do. Right. Okay. Um, now, y'all know I just said I want to be a rap singer. Right. No, I know. So we videos. know. We well, so on, on a side note, to... be, be, before you answer, I do mm-hmm. want to applaud because I'm, I'm not going to ask your age on a public platform. I'm assuming you must be an 80s baby like me because in the first five minutes, you referenced coming to America twice <laughs> and dirty dancing. Okay. Right. So we, we already family. Okay. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. For those, for those, for those, for those that, that don't know, coming to America is the best movie ever. And, uh, and if you don't like it, please stop listening to our podcast. I will, I will disown anybody that talks bad about coming to America. You know, Walter, uh, Walter, <laughs> the society and comedy has progressed so much. We kept talking up coming to, coming to America to our kids, and we finally had a family movie night and watched it. And when I tell you, they probably only laughed twice. Are you kidding me? And then they looked at us like, because you know they grew up with you know the 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 hyper dramatics of that's so right. Raven and yes. Miley Cyrus, that stuff that was like groundbreaking to us in the eighties. That was their norm, and so they just looked at us like that was the biggest hype ever, like that. You know, <laughs> see that's that's when I would have actually officially taken them off the will. I would have officially <laughs> disowned them. I, it really would have went out the. Oh, okay. Well, here you go. Right, right. <laughs> watch, watch me take you, cross you off the will, real quick. I, uh, I, I don't play by coming to America. I don't play about that. But, oh but it, we'll we'll wrap okay. this up. But yeah, we, you know, he, he he asked a very good question. It's kind of like, and I have know, an just like with anything, just like with anything, right? We should learn from our mistakes. For sure. Unless you and don't I, think it's a mistake. Um, you see what I'm saying? It's like, a failure. I think okay. it's a failure. Well, then we should learn um, from our failures so we and don't we, And you, you fail what? You fail forward. Um, so okay. before, before I go into any type of uh, investment with my uh, fiance. Or anyone. Or anyone. Number one, I, it is going to be kind of, I want to set stick to one, one type of business, right? 
And so real estate has always been my real estate agents in my family. Like I, like I said, I've always obsessed about homes, rehabbing homes. My grandfather was an interior decorator. He used to lay floors and drapes and re, you know, help refinish homes, painters in my family. So it's always been there. So I'm not out of touch. Do I want to start a restaurant or anything like that? Absolutely not. But I do think our first um, one will be in the real estate and in home decor and things like that. And, and I'm, so, I'm, I'm just going to grill you because I'm jumping in as your mentor here. Where are you going to find this time when you're working full time or as much time as possible as a dentist? Mm-hmm. You're doing education with Heartland, leadership positions, implant consortiums. Three kids. Okay. All right. Three, Three kids. kids. Five, in know, house, at, so five in the house. Five in the house. Five in the house. And a relationship yeah. to nurture. Where are you going to have time? Because you can't be a part-time real estate agent and make mm-hmm. money. You can't be a part-time yeah. interior decorator. Like people that are successful in those arenas, that's what they do. Oh, right. Hold we, on, hold on. We I'm lost sorry. your video. No, no, no. We can still hear you though. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So where are you going to find time for all these other ventures? So the good thing about Heartland is it's all about work-life balance. That's number one. So um, doing grueling 50, 60 hour weeks is not something that I have to do anymore. Um, you know, my hours are set and if I need days off, there's unlimited PTO. Um, so if I do need to take and want to take a vacation with my family or spend some one-on-one time with my fiance or husband by that time, then I can do so, you know? So I guess it's about when to step from one and give to one. The other uh, thing you're, is, you're deflecting because I didn't ask about vacation yeah, time. At, at all. Yeah. I said, how are you going to yeah. find time for these other multiple businesses? Because right. when, you, when you're in real estate and someone says, hey, we need to do a showing today at 10, but you're booked at the office, even if you're only working three days a week, you're not available to go to go do that or to meet with contractors or to meet with decorators. So well, that's why I have a partner. It's not just now. I'm not one. I am two. I am. We're not two individuals. We're one together. And so the good thing about my So he's going to be is, full-time. He's going to be so full-time he's a, with this stuff. Right. So he makes okay. his, he's a barber. He makes his schedule. Um, he has a lot of flexibility, more flexibility than I have. And so um, th- that's why I say it's, I'm not doing this alone anymore. It's not just me anymore. And so I want to so use sound that. Like a, you sound like a silent partner, really. Like somebody that's not yeah. really immersed in it because you right. have other things you're doing. Yeah, so it's really gonna, not. He's going to be yeah. boots on the ground. He's my muscle, okay. so he's going to go and make okay, sure the so, contractors yeah. are there that they're doing what they're supposed to do. Like you know, he's gonna he's gonna be a very integral part of you know things that we're doing outside of dentistry and outside of the barber chair. And and so a big part. Just 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 to bring this full circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll wrap it up. You're, you're happiest now that you've scaled back your uh, mm-hmm. involvement in business, right? You get where I'm going with this, right? Yes. <laughs> you're happier now with less business, but you're professing to want multiple businesses going forward. Yeah. Do you, 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 see, and, and, and this, <laughs> this is where a mentor comes in. So maybe because, I, okay. So maybe you know? <laughs> I exaggerated. You know, I don't need, like I said, I don't need an ice cream truck, a car wash, a laundry mat. Like I don't need that many businesses. If, you know, if but I was it just rehab- a business? Was it, let me tell you how you. Was it the business of dentistry that you're happy you're not doing anymore? Yes. So other businesses are okay with you, just the business totally fine, of dentistry. Yeah. Right. They're all going to have their hiccups. But being like 
like I said, what was one of the first things I said? I felt like I was on an island, right? All by myself. Um, I have a partner, you know, now. Um, also, I have a great relationship with my accountant still, who is a real estate investor as well. Um, I'm thinking about another consulting firm. Um, to do what? To help me on kind of like that mentorship guiding. You also with no more consulting firms. I'm saying I'm gonna say it. No more consulting firms. We're done. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> like, it's three months. Were, I was trying to help you out until you it's said consulting firm again. We we are not, not doing much. that. We're not, not doing yeah. We're not doing consulting. Trust. So um, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not in it all. I'm not, I'm not, like I said, I'm not on the island anymore. Um, and also I'm going to watch what I do take on, right? So make sure that like, I'm not taking on too much and just start with one investment property and then see with that little investment property. And I don't want to do an investment property that's going to be over $100,000. So just, just start small and slowly grow because I, I listened to Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and now I don't even have a practice. So I still have to build assets, right? And I have to use the money that I'm working do, do you for though? to build those assets. Do yes. you, though? Is that the sure. old? Because as a community, I would argue that we have adopted this asset-driven, finances-driven wealth-driven mentality and we do it at the sacrifice mm-hmm. of time with our families mm-hmm. friendships you know um, a greater introspection of what it means to be alive yeah and because i hear you say business 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 mm-hmm. and i i don't know what the motivation because you had a business and you weren't happy you get what I'm saying? Regardless of yeah, what the man. business is, the, the people that are business driven, because for, for instance, I have a lot of colleagues and uh, friends of mine that are dentists that own multiple practices. They don't care about the dentistry as much. They love the business. Mm-hmm. They love whether it's the social uh, rewards that come with it. They love the managerial part of it. They yeah. love building and growing but they could care less about what happens or what all their associates do as far as dentistry because they're disconnected from that, right? You have expressed a true passion in the actual dentistry. Mm-hmm. But yes, when you had a business, also, you didn't like it. No, no, no. Well, okay. So I, I need to be a little bit more clear. Yeah. When it comes to numbers and understanding my numbers, understanding my team's numbers, understanding our goals, um, that's all business. Okay. So making sure that we're hitting certain points to make sure that we're profitable by certain percentages, isn't just so I'll bonus or anything like that. It's just something that truly drives understanding the profit and loss statement. I'm obsessive about it. So there's a certain date of the month where the profit and loss statement comes out for the practice that I'm at now. And I want to see it right away. Well, okay. Can I, can you I, know, so, so that part is I, it. You know, I, I'm, I'm confused now, actually, what you just said. I'm very confused right. because when you had your practice, it didn't seem mm-hmm. like that was very important in, in, in the way you acted. Right. Because you said I wanted glass. I wanted, you know, Lamborghini chairs and all mm-hmm. because those numbers would have been the first thing I would have looked at and been like, I can't afford these at this time. Right. So based on knowledge numbers, happens based profit, on profit and loss. Yeah. Profit knowledge and loss, happens all right? the time. No, I mean, it happens that. over time. Like, so right. I didn't have a business background, never even took a business course. Right. 
And so going in and looking at the dentist that, you know, looking at Dr. Colbert, Dr. Colbert never, in my eyes, I didn't see that side of it. I just saw one side, right? Well, you, so, didn't, you didn't see it, right? But, but that doesn't mean he wasn't doing it. No, he was doing it. He had to be. Yeah. He was in his office, yeah. right? It wasn't any of my business. I was just a little right. dental assistant. <laughs> so there's another side of things that I didn't see, mm-hmm. right? I think it's the responsibility that's tied to some parts of it that is more daunting, right? So having to pay my staff before I pay myself, um, making sure that the light bill is paid and making sure that all of our vendors are paid and different things like that. There's a lot of stress that comes along with that as well. Having a place for leadership and doesn't have to be exact ownership, direct ownership, but having a place of leadership, making sure that I'm in a practice that's doctor led is very important to me. And that's a part of being a business owner as well. Okay. Um, well, that's also a part of being a W-2 employee, though. I mean, anytime you're a licensed professional, everything happens under the auspice of your license. So that leadership has to be inherent to some uh, it, you know, extent or there. another. No, some people no, have it, some people don't. They don't. But that's a far cry from being a, a business mogul. Right. Being a team leader, mm-hmm. you know, and the only reason I say it's because from the things that you've expressed that have brought you joy or happier, um, uh, a happier disposition are kind of opposite of what you've explained for your future. Right. Because, I, you know, there's, there's patterns of well, oh. I did this, I did this. Or for instance, like your, your, your friend said, ah, I probably shouldn't mix business and friendship. Right. Right. But here you're talking about how you're going to be mixing business and relationship, right? Well, that's and, well, that's a that's a different. You know, you have that goes beyond like family owned. You know, like if you're if it's your partner and you guys have you know a same goal and you guys are goal oriented things like that. Having something that you build together that's also like team building in itself, like within the relationship. Right. So if he goes and does his job and comes home, and I don't have that type of mate where he's just fine with us going to our job, coming home, watching a couple of movies, falling asleep every day. No, he wants us to be up. He wants us to be doing something. He wants us to be interactive in the community, getting home with our families. Like it's all and he's money needs to be making money. So like he is very driven when it comes to that. And basically I'm getting on board. Okay, because I was getting lost in the whole, I was getting lost in, okay, I'll go do my little dental job. I come home and I'll make sure I can get this amount so I can bring this amount home. And da, 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 da. and so, you know, it's, it's a two-way street. But working, every practice model is different. So my previous practice model, I never saw the P&Ls for the office. The offices were not transparent about the amount of expenses and what was going out and different things like that. And so I didn't have any type of impact on the business itself, but to be a producer. And the owner told me, you know, I'm like Burger King. Your job is to make burgers, make the burgers. Your job is not to think, right? And it's to do. And so finding the right corporation that allows me to have a certain level of leadership within my, within my practice is, is paramount. But how I approach my job day to day is not the same as other dentists approach their job within the company. I'm so, a little different. No, I'm, I guess I'm okay. Um, there's two things. One, do you think that everybody should own or have a business? 
And no, the reason why I ask that should. question is because, no, the reason why I ask that question is because not everybody is built to be a business owner, right? Some people just don't like the aspect of firing people. Some people don't like the aspect of having to look at their numbers. That, that doesn't make them happy. Like, for example, me, I'll, I'll take me personally. For example, right? I don't like real estate because I built a house. So I know what goes into it. And none of that interior decorating, all that stuff excites me at all. Like you'll mm-hmm. never catch me flipping a house. I would never <laughs> in my life. <laughs> I don't even like watching HDTV because oh I cannot gosh, stand awesome. doing any of that. But do you see what I'm saying? So you have the passion for that. I know myself enough to know that I would never do that because I'm honest with myself, Right. I don't know if a lot of people in, in dentistry, because of what we've been sold, the, the have to have your practice. I don't think a lot of dental students, I don't think a lot of dentists are honest about maybe being a practice owner is not for me. Being a business owner is not for me. And, I, and, and I'm asking that question because have you sat down and said, is this for me? Like being a business owner, is that for me or is that for my husband or fiance or whatever? You, do you see what I'm saying? And that's my no, question, really. No, it's, it's, it's for me. You know, it's like I, there, there's a certain level of control that I that I need and have to have. And I still okay. I'm in, I'm incorporated, you know, and I still have a business where we travel around to different dental offices. And I have an associate dentist and he goes and he does the Lynette procedures in a number of offices. And I'll always have multiple things going because I just came from that, that type of family. And so did my, my future husband. So it's just in us. And that's the thing, like, do you have to, are you must? No, like you, there's chosen ones. And are you that chosen one? And if it's like, you try to fight in my, I call him my father mentor, Dr. Ronald Evans. He's worked as a, as a practice owner where I worked for him for, he only gave me about a month. And so I threw away an impression. He sent me to Dr. Colbert, who was his mentor. <laughs> and so- um it's just in him it's just in him he's tried the other route it's just in him he has to have his own practice and then he's chosen right and so that's how I feel when it comes to that but I think if I had like if pure period was backed by private equity or I had a lot of funding to fund what I was doing and I had a great amount of liquid assets that I can kick into and a huge line of credit so I can make sure that I can cover the overhead. That's it. I think it was the stress of the financial burden of having to be responsible to pay employees and pay myself and pay our bills and keep the lights on and keep the doors open. But that's one one aspect of business. Unless you win the lottery or unless you come from a lot of (laughs) money, that's going to be business of any type that you get into. And we need to win the lottery. (laughs) And that's where the assets come in because well, but if, even baby Shiloh, if, baby Shiloh, if baby Shiloh wants to open a dental practice one day and there's a home in her name that we leave to her and she's like, I want to liquidate the home so I can have working capital while I open up my own practice. I'm going to say, go for it, honey. That's what it's for. And no, I didn't absolutely. have that. So that's absolutely. what I'm trying to provide. If I would have had that or right. something, somebody gave it to me like, but that's not you what know, you've. My that's friend, not, my, that's not what you've expressed though. That's yeah. not what you've expressed though, right? And the only reason I say this because my ultimate, anytime I converse with anyone, if I feel that they, like I have a connection to them, is I, whether it's it comes off as positive or negative, right? You you want to give your honest advice, right? And then they can right. just be like, all right, Leroy's stupid. I don't need to listen to him, right? But I see so much, especially in our community, this hustle mentality. 
yeah. everybody's got three or four gigs. You know, I got this business going and that side, business side going. Gigs, yeah. And it's a perpetual thing because they right. become, you know, and not 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 to say this in a in a disrespectful way, they become, you know, barely mediocre jacks of all trades. Right. And never really a master of none or masterly, uh, masterfully successful at any. Right. Well, that means that their asset probably isn't making money for them, because if you have to work in your asset, it's a job. Right. So. OK, that's that. That's, that's that, technically true. That. But it, but that's not answer, so but that's not answer really to the question, you know. But I, I have to be careful when it comes to my traveling perio business because if I'm working too hard in it, and it's not, if I'm working too hard, then it's becoming my job. It's no longer an asset, which means I need to make some hard decisions. Okay, and let me so, ask you a question. Let me ask you a real quick question, and then mm-hmm. uh, we're going off of a tangent here. But let me ask you a quick. <laughs> let me ask you a quick question, Ritty. And now we'll we'll climb. You said you your dream is to own your own home. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, your home is actually a liability, not an asset, that's because it's not making you money. But what are your assets supposed to do? No, no. But that's what I'm asking you. You said you want to. So you basically want your dream is to have a liability. Do you see what I'm getting? For the, the first 30 years, anyway. Right. Do you see why I'm saying that, though? Because everybody's dream. Yeah, your dream is, is to have a home, which is great. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people do this thing where they say, I want a home, but they don't consider the other avenues of it. So your, life, your asset part is actually incredible. I think you should yeah. have uh, other companies and jobs and stuff that are making you money. But what I'm saying is you said your dream was to have a home, which is a liability. So your dream is to have liabilities. Why Does that make sense? Plural. It's a part, it's a part of my dream, right? Well, also, it's, a, it's okay. Yeah. Like if, if I'm, if I'm dreaming when it comes to having my dream home, I think that is okay. As long as I can afford it. Okay. As long as I'm keeping my debt to a minimum, as long as I have multiple revenues of income, as long as we're, we're building some familial wealth. And so our, my children won't have to go through what I went through um, if they do decide to go a professional path like this, then so be it. So can I, can I ask a question? Just, yes. Because we're all talking like Dennis, right? We are in a, a high income bracket. So yes. we're very cavalier about some of the stuff that we talk about. You say you want to have a home that you can afford because you're making a good income. As a dentist or a periodontist, you can do just that and make a great income and have a great home. But then does it's that, a liability like Walter's talking about, right? Like Dr. Ock is talking about. So he's saying that's a liability out the gate, right? No, 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 so no. no. The- but that's, that's not what I'm asking. You, you, regardless of whether it's a liability or, or asset, okay? Mm-hmm. You can have that. With just mm-hmm. sticking to what you're good at, which is being a doctor, dentist, you know, super paradox. A great, a great, a great doctor, yeah. You can have all that, mm-hmm. but you're trying to diversify before mastering the thing that historically you say you've put the most effort, time, money, uh, emotion into being. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? And so yeah. it, that's where someone like me hears that. And I'm just like, you've got all these other plans. 
with this as one of like your biggest goals, what these plans are, but you can really just achieve that goal. We'll just do what you're good at. Of course. So, 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 so let let me try to understand. Are you saying that like she should not need to go and do all these other things when her dream could be just doing the one thing, which is dentistry? In a way. Okay. In a way, because I'm trying to find out what you know if. In our, like I said, in our community, we have the, the, this hustle mentality, but for most people, and I'd say this is going to project this on you, for most people, this hustle mentality never really pans out because they don't know how to focus their efforts, their time, their dedication, their, their, uh, their energies on the thing that has been proven to give them the most reward. Like you can make a great income being a periodontist. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, for instance, if you own if you're flipping houses and you're, you know, you, you guys buy a barbershop with your, your future husband and mm-hmm. now you're, you know, you're, you're teaching and you're doing this, you have five kids. Right. You think so, you're going to run, course... run multiple businesses and have any time of value with your kids? Well, that's where. Balance comes in, too. Right. And that's when. You have to prioritize certain things. So if I know that clinically I'm in the, I'm in the clinic 32 hours a week and my kids and I want to be there for my children and my assets aren't making any money for me. So I'm ending up having to go into my assets and do things mm-hmm. physically. Now that's a job. Then it's, it's changing the flow. Okay. And so will I be able to go to the leadership conference and speak and do all this and travel around the country? Maybe it's not the time for that. Maybe mm-hmm. that's in maybe that's in 20 years, but I gotta put it out there into the universe so it will come back to me. Okay. And so that's what that's how I am. I'm a very see it, write it, and it happens. And so like whatever I say and write down happens for me. And so, sometimes you know, I'm like, dang, I should have been more descriptive because so, <laughs> so, so, should have had more details. <laughs> I had this is what I asked for here. Okay. So I this think is what I, I think our I think our confusion is we are assuming that you're trying to do all this within this year. But what you're saying is this is like a, a long-term projected 30 years out once you do one thing and then, okay. So the, so the confusion is basically just, we assume you're doing everything all at once when in actuality you're saying, I'm going to go ahead and do this and then move on to this and then move on to this. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. 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 So basically we're not taking up 24 hours in a 24 hour day. Like, no, 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 no sleep. We're just doing it. right. My family okay. will not allow it. Okay. And the only okay. way that my assets won't be my job, or you know, is if we a diversify, I work as a team, know how to prioritize, and know when to make certain moves in my career. Okay. And let so, me ask you this, and we'll wrap it up here. What do you? What did you learn, or what can you give to other people? who may be going through what you went through or are thinking about, hey, do I really want to specialize? Do I really want to do this, this, and this? You see what I mean? Because mm-hmm. to me, to be honest with you, one, I want to thank you for coming on and being so honest. Very honest. I mean, incredibly <laughs> honest. Like, I mean, no, when I say that, you, you, you were right when you said a lot of us in the community are not dishonest. Mm-mm. You know, I wish we Mm-mm. could say, hey, I messed up, so learn from my mistake. Or I right. went through this trial and tribulation, so learn from my mistake. 
but we don't do that. We try to paint roses, like everybody, like we all live in Instagram, right? But that's not the right. case. You were very honest and for, for all, when I say thank you, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much oh, for being no, so transparent. Course. You know what I mean? So the question I have for you is, what did you learn mm -hmm. from it? And what mm -hmm. can you impart onto people who are listening, who are dental students, pre-dental students, who are, you know, residents, you know, trying mm -hmm. to get into a residency? What can you teach them so that they know what to do better? Right. I, I think that they should definitely, if you think about it and you want to do something, first thing you want to do is write it down. Write it down. And the next thing is have a plan of action. Okay. And find that person that's doing what you're already doing and ask them as many questions as possible and don't be embarrassed. Um, when it comes to specializing, if you want to be an oral surgeon or you want to be an orthodontist or periodontist, dang on it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. If that's where your passion and your heart is and that's what you want to do, by all means, I want you to do it. When it comes, but look at it as a career and not just, oh, I'm so passionate about ortho. Find out if you know that you live in a town and there's 10 million orthodontists and you have to live in that town. You have to. There's really nowhere else your family will accept moving. Then you have to make some decisions about how you're going to move forward. Okay. And so think about, don't just think about dentistry and dental, 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 dental. That was me. Dental, 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 like dental. It wasn't the whole big picture, okay? And I got super focused on just one aspect of my life. And so write it down, definitely do it. Um, learn from others' mistakes, fail forward, take risk. Um, go ahead and if you wanna open up a practice and that's where your heart truly is, work for a practice for two, three, four, I say five years, save up that money. $250,000 should be your golden number. Cash, okay, or in an in a asset you can liquidate and do it. Just make sure that you have financial backing to get you through those hard times because that's what changed my enjoyment. Like I didn't have that financial backing behind me. So um, do it. I, I, I think every working with new grads for the past year and some change y'all please please go do an aegd somewhere please especially please. now <laughs> yeah especially post covid <laughs> go do an aegd gprs are cool but to me gprs can be um maybe too clinical or something i don't know what it is about gpr because you're kind of traveling around do an aegd where you're doing big cases complex cases but you need to try to see throughout your time there. And if you can afford it and have the patience for it, do it for two years. So you can come out rocking and rolling and confident because that's how you're going to sell your cases. And that's how you're going to do the stuff and be truly fulfilled with what you made this huge investment for. Um, please do it, please. And if you want to specialize, same thing, do an AGD for one year. <clears throat> that way you can focus on all aspects of dentistry and see if you're just doing it because that's what you were told you should you should do, or if you really hate every other aspect of dentistry, that's the only one that gives you some some pep. Well, you know, yeah. I I appreciate you sharing uh, everything today. I think just like uh, 
when you're doing case defense, being open and vulnerable and telling your rationale for what you're doing and why you're doing, if it holds up to the scrutiny, then it's meant for you, right? If you leave hard conversations and you're like, you know what? I'm still laser focused. No one's deterred me. Then, you know, that's for you. Um, And we don't do that enough. We don't open ourselves up enough. And uh, I got a lot of love and appreciation and respect for for you for sharing your story and for everything that you're doing. Um, And I look forward to, you know, connecting and and staying. See what happens uh, in a year. Yeah. Yeah. I want to I want to I want to watch your story for sure. So, Doug, are you a part of Heartland yet? No. They tried to buy our office. Can I know you put I, my name on it and say that I told so we can <laughs> so you can get that ten thousand dollar uh <laughs> you know what I'm doing with it? I'm gonna pay off some loans and then I'm gonna put it on investment property. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There it is. I love it. I love it. Yeah, um, <laughs> but come on I, to the side. Come on, Dad. Come on. Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk. You know, yeah. it's, it's amazing to me. Uh, I mean, this is this is how it should be. I, I, you know, we joke a lot, but this is how it should be. We should all be able to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you know, yes. I feel like people don't have this honest conversation. It's okay not to know everything. It's okay not to be right all the time. You know, I'm learning yeah. that, by the way. I feel like I'm always right. My wife tells me I'm wrong every time, but that's not, <laughs> that's, that's, it's okay, you know? <laughs> but but it's okay to, to have these discussions because I think that's what is gonna basically make us better as a mm-hmm. community. Everybody in dentistry, you know, dentists, you know, I'm very critical of dentists. I'm very critical of dentistry because I think we've gotten away from what made us so great, which was the ability to collaborate, which was the ability to understand what we had to go through, which was the ability to focus on who the true enemy was insurance, not yes. anything else, <laughs> you know, yes. but we've, we've, we've gotten away from that. We've gotten into a lot of the BS that goes on on Instagram and all this other stuff. Right. But, but this, I think hopefully begins a conversation an honest conversation. You know, because you've gone through a lot. And you, one thing that I did not hear was quit. I didn't hear quit in, the, in anything that we talked about. Mm-hmm. So for that, mm-hmm. I really appreciate you. I think Indeed. it's incredible. Uh, come back. Tell us more. I'll come back there. in a year. Let us know how it is going. And, and your first we'll investment property. Follow up. Tell us. Oh. <laughs> you know, tell us. Yeah. So, so we can, you know, continue this. And, and we will continue to talk. But thank you so much. Really appreciate you. Let's get off and go yes. have fun. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R E A L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions in this podcast are just that. Our professional opinions, the final decision about your health, should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.